Somebody's going to go bridge here. It's better time. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Gombridge Podcast, episode 118, presented by Guy Boston Sports. My name is Andrew Gardner, joined alongside by Alex Clausen and Steve Brady. Boys, how are we doing today? Would like to formally apologize for my comments that were cut out in episode 117 to uh, to Andrew and and uh, one Mickey Mouse. I hope he's not listening. I hope this didn't disqualify us from a future Disney sponsorship opportunity. No free ads. Um, yeah, episode 118 is going to be a turn of the page. I'm hammering my under on one and a half cuts this episode. Uh, if we really want to be bold, I'm gonna up the. I'm gonna actually down the stakes to half a half a cut this episode, and I'm still gonna wow. take my under. So, Steve, Steve, Stevie Locks, you got any? Uh, we talked about not not uh, talking about gambling on the show. You, you are you taking that line, Stevie? The under. Well, first and foremost, I have to say that, Klaus, and you're apologizing to the wrong individuals on that matter. (laughs) You should be apologizing to me because it took me a little while to locate the six or seven different times that I had to cut out the things that you said. There's probably actually no Alex Klaus in the last episode because everything he said had to get cut out. Therefore, I'm going to take the over because I don't think... I think that usually Klaus will say something against his better judgment. He just can't help himself. And that's that's okay. Some people are they're born a certain way and uh they can't change. So I'm gonna take the over a half of cut. I was born a certain way. Yeah. You let your intrusive thoughts just kind of slip through sometimes. There's no filter. None. None. Absolutely. Well, that's that's the name of the game in podcasting, I guess. As a as you a gotta new... fill the airtime, man. Dude, as a new podcast, we're trying to uh, you know, just keep it fresh on here and uh and keep it kind of PG at least. Uh, but spring training, I know we talked about this. This is like the the dog days of spring right now. If, if phone call, oh, never mind. Steve, Sorry. It might have been somebody. Well, are you that... are you for the for teaching? No, not for teaching. It might have been a uh, a what we call in the biz a prospect. Oh. But they hung up right away. So they definitely was somebody was it... I called earlier, and they didn't mean to call me back. So. Sedane Raffaella giving you a call. Dean Raphael, yeah, that was a good one. Good one, Dude, You should, you should call <laughs> them back and and thank them that they returned your call. Oh, that's what you do. That's what you do. Say, hey, I just missed you. Sorry. Or if they hang up on you, then you send them an email afterwards, or you call their other line and you say, oh, that was a, that was a poor connection, huh? Right there. Yeah, that was might have been on my end. Sorry, I couldn't hear you. Those, those like, damn oh. tunnels. Yeah, they're like I hung Always up on you. In the it's way. Like, ah. Always get you got there. me. Anyway, spring training has gotten up and started since we last recorded. Uh, all pitchers, catchers, and batters—not just uh, not just pitchers and catchers—have reported to the Fort JetBlue Park, and the Red Sox have played their first, I think, three games of spring training. Um, yeah, we we've we've already seen some seen some wacky moments. Pitch clock. Uh, we got the mariachi band in uh, in this morning. I don't know if you guys saw that. That was pretty electric. I like that. A whole what's bunch a mariachi band like? What's it sound like? It's like that was a terrible impression. I would think it'd be more like it's like a, a rock mariachi band. Well, that oh, was yeah. Alex Verdugo's walk up song, the one I sang. Oh yeah, that's it's a pretty good one. Also, speaking there. of Fenway Park, I got an email today from the Red Sox, like the Red Sox, the most beloved uh, team in in New England. They are offering a deal. I I don't know if I was like specially selected for this, but I'm like entering into a drawing to purchase seventy five dollars standing room only tickets for the month of April. <laughs> How much? What? Seventy-five dollars for fifteen tickets, standing room only. Standing room only, but you just it's not bad. You got to I mean, weasel. You, you weasel, out. Steve. You weasel your way into a seat. It's it's never really There's standing seats. room only. Oh, There's seats. always seats. There's always There's seats. seats. Especially when you take the little you back think, uh, path, path passageway up to to State Street. Wait, do you feel like that? That sounds kind of like a scam. With like rde socks at gmail dot com. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was like I it's am red socks, but it's spelt like correctly. It was I am John yeah. Henry. Please buy tickets at at <laughs> liverpool.net. 
No, LeBron and actually. You can, you can only pay in Amazon gift cards. <laughs> what yeah. are like the uh, like the Nigerian prince emails where it's like, you know, if you, uh, you know, it comes from John Henry. Like, if you give me seventy five dollars, I'll return to you like standing room only tickets and my firstborn daughter. <laughs> Dude, I saw someone on Twitter who who I know who works in uh, sports media stuff and does broadcasting and writing and stuff like that. And there was some freelance gig for for some site for I don't know if it was like modeling or what it exactly was, but um, the offer was you you do the work whatever a couple hours and they were gonna repay you in a hundred to hundred fifty dollars worth of house plants. It's a good deal. What would that nice, look like, uh, Steve? I, I couldn't tell you. Maybe some nice ferns, a nice little uh, small bamboo tree. I don't know what those are running. Couldn't tell you what the market price is at. Yeah, but, it's uh, like how many house plants is worth a hundred to one hundred and fifty dollars? Like that three? that I can't tell. You think a palm? I would love a palm tree. I don't know how well that thing would survive in New England, but I don't know if I'd oh. call that a quote unquote house plant. What if we just put like uh, what's the redwood forest? Like the the big ass like five hundred foot trees. Yeah, redwood. One of those. Redwoods. Yeah, that's why they call it that, right? Yep. You can like cool. drive a car through those. You can. They do. They have that. Oh, I thought you meant like you can just drive drive up to one and it's gonna knock it over. It's like that doesn't seem no, no. There's a tunnel built in. Sick, that's sick. Uh, anyways, getting back to the socks here, we actually got some stuff to talk about this week. First thing, I want to hit on the big news in the MLB. This is not just a socks thing. This is a whole MLB thing. The pitch clock is absolutely ridiculous, and I'm gonna stand by this. I'm gonna stand by it. I think it's ridiculous. I think it should be. A little bit longer. Obviously, uh, for those who don't know, MLB implemented a pitch clock this year. I think it's 15 seconds uh, at the time the runner or the the pitcher gets the ball thrown back to him that he has to uh, pitch again. It's like 20 seconds with guys on base or something like that. There's different thresholds in different scenarios. I'm still not a fan of it. Uh, It's definitely going to get taken used to. I think it should be, first off, a little bit longer. But second off... In my opinion, eighth inning, ninth inning, if it's a one-run game, if it's tight, extra innings, eliminate it. Eliminate it. Because because in the Red Sox second, or I guess first official spring training game, we already saw one of the craziest moments we're going to see all year with the 3-2, bases loaded, bottom nine. I don't even know what you call it. Like batter violation, walk-off tie. I mean, come on. You, you can't write that. You got to get in the box. Got to get in the box. That is rule 6.02. It's rule dot it's rule 6.09 class and get in the box. There's two. 6.09. Nice. Nice. Yeah, get in the box. I mean, you see it there? You see Manny Machado what he said? He said, "Hey, I'm going to start a lot of at-bats down a strike. That's just the way it's going to be." So, I saw, I mean, some of these guys aren't going to change. I saw, I think it was I don't, Diamondbacks were playing someone today. Uh, they brought in a reliever, and the reliever took too long to warm up or something, and the batter didn't step into the box in time, so the count started at one and one. That's ridiculous. It's That's just crazy. not. It's not. Uh, it's not baseball. It's not baseball. It's not baseball. I mean, it's enough. It's technically baseball. I mean, did you guys see the video? Someone made a video uh, from the, it was 2015, 2016 NLCS between the Cubs and the Dodgers, where it was like almost a two minute sequence where no pitches were thrown. And in the bottom, it was like, how many times can Jose Altuve hit an inside the park home run before a pitch is thrown? Yeah. I'm on Twitter right now. They played an entire half inning with a pitch clock. And yeah, what is it? Cubs, Dodgers, one pitch got thrown in between. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly going to speed up the game. But here's my thing. Here's my thing. First off, I, we when we talked about this last week, one of the few baseball things we did talk about last week, that was an anomaly if that was your first time listening to the show. We usually do, do talk more baseball. Um, I understand it's cool if the numbers are the same, slugging percentage, all the averages you know, are, are fine. I, again, I, I think it's going to benefit some guys. I think it's going to go against some guys. I mean, a guy like Max Scherzer, if you've got less time to think, I mean, you're screwed up there. It's plays into his advantage. But 
I the thing that I just don't like about it is it's like the ballpark experience. Like you're going to a game for two hours. I think ticket prices should be cheaper. Two and a half. Two, yeah, two to two and a half is going to be the average. Ticket prices should be cheaper. You know, food, beer prices should be cheaper. The thing that's crazy to me is is one that the owners wanted this because fans are going to be in the stadium less time than they were before. And the owners are all about money. The less time people are in the stadium, the less time they're going to be buying stuff. I don't know. doesn't really make sense to me. The second thing, I, I just feel like they're marketing this to the wrong audience. Like the 162, 162 people, may, maybe I'm wrong on this. I don't think, excuse me, that a 20, 20 to 30 minutes is really going to change things on, on the game. That's just my 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 take. But how many people? How many people are actually the one sixty two game people? That's the thing. Is you have to cater to the eighteen to forty nine, and that's why basketball is so popular. It's among not popular. It's not popular. Basketball it's, it's way down in popularity. Way basketball. Down. The NBA at least, yeah. Their key demographic more, is eighteen to forty nine. Yeah, it's more According popular. Who? Is the best? You, you got a source behind that. Down. I'll find the stats. Yeah, where's your source, brother? Mine? Is that yeah. NBA viewership has gone down recently? I, I'll find that. All right, do it. All, all I'm saying, I will take the opposite stance. I'm a fan of the pitch clock. I think that I will give it this. If you're sitting at the ballpark, you're going for the experience. Yes, I do want to sit there for three hours and watch a slower-paced baseball game. I want to sit game. there for six hours, damn it. I want to see an 18-inning game. That's what I mean. Drink 20 beers I, and me, eat 20 hot dogs. Me being a diehard fan, I want to spend my entire – if I am going to a 7 p.m. start, I want to sit there for the rest of my night and watch baseball. But if I'm sitting on my couch at home, like most people are when they're watching the game, I don't want to spend three hours. I want to spend somewhere between two and two and a half. I want it to be moving along. I want guys to get the ball back from the catcher. I want to throw the pitch. I want it to be in play. And, and I'm I'm all about a, a quicker game. I think baseball. I I will say it's going to get a little funky when the playoffs come around. And yeah, you have the you know the ALDS game seven, and you're a one run game, eight and a half innings deep, and you're moving this along. Like yes, there is a suspense thing, but I also don't feel like you can change the rules just because of a, a niche situation. I think that you have to move the game along. And I don't think it's going to cause that many problems. I think by the time we get to the playoffs, these teams are going to be good enough. They're not going to put someone out there who's going to go get a pitch violation. Like, especially in a game like that, you're not going to throw out, you know, what was his name? Pedro Baez, the guy who took, uh, yeah, Pedro Baez, the guy that took three minutes to throw a pitch. You're not going to throw him out there. You're going to throw a guy like Max Scherzer who can get through in that bat in 30 seconds. I think it, it, there's going to be it's going to be complicated in the beginning. I think people aren't going to like it. I think probably up until the All Star break, there's going to be instances like the other day where you have these weird endings and you have these you know guys going in at one and one counts without seeing a pitch. But over time, it's just going to end up making the game quicker. I don't think it's going to make that much of a difference. I think. As I often do, and as this podcast has often uh, seen, I'm going to act in the neut- in the neutral territory between uh, Andrew and Alex here. Uh, Gardner, can I get confirmation that you're not frozen right now? Yep. Okay, fantastic. Um, but was yeah, I that, I was I that, that still? You were pretty still. I've had a long uh, day, Steve. I've had a long day. <laughs> I think that you know Gardner has a point where this is a thing that's trying to expand the game beyond baseball fans, beyond who you would say has already has no problem with the game. Right. And that's what we're they're, They've been trying to do. They've been trying to grow the game for a while. And if having a pitch clock on it and getting it down to a two and two or two, two and a half hour game is what it takes. I think that that's overall going to be good for the sport. And as we've seen with things like the ghost runner on second, it's, people are going to get used to it. And I think that the players, regardless of whether or not they want to adjust, they're going to adjust. I don't think Manny Machado is really going to start every single count. Oh, and one, I think that they're going to figure it out. And in the long run, it's going to be beneficial to baseball as a whole and the MLB as a whole. 
So there's definitely good and bad about it because baseball is a traditional sport, but sometimes you got to innovate. Awesome. Have you guys watched? Have you guys watched an inning with, uh, watched more than one inning with the pitch clock? Yeah. It's pure baseball. It cuts the fat. It, it is. It, it's quick. And, and Klaus, I will say, you bring a good point where when I'm watching on the couch, the thing is, is that at, during a night game, I don't really care how late it goes. I usually stay up pretty late. I mean, I know like, you know, my dad, for example, he falls asleep early. Like he's probably somebody who will kind of like this. You know, the games will be over if the if it's a seven o'clock start time. They're going to be over by 9.30, most nights. I, however, I don't care if they go to 11. I don't care if they go to 12. I mean, maybe this is a bad example because it was the World Series, but I stayed up till 3.30 when the Dodgers and the Red Sox, you know, went 18, 19 innings. I've stayed up. I remember a couple of years ago, they were out in Seattle um, and they went 14, 15 innings. That game went till 2 o'clock. I don't mind. I don't mind that. I get that that is not for everybody. The thing is, is, um, yeah, if, if it's like a weekend and you got other stuff to do, I, I do like the aspect that it's a little bit shorter. What I don't like about it is just like it, the count being weird and, you know, the violations. And, and the moment the moment we saw on what night was that Saturday, Saturday or Sunday against the Braves when they tied that that to me just was not baseball. That to me was not baseball. I, I'm. Uh, again, I think as this pitch clock kind of moves along, I'll probably get more used to it. I'll probably like it a little bit more. Probably watch games back from, um, you know, the last couple of years. And I'll be like, damn, these were really, really slow. Like we watched this and we're like, you know, Josh Beckett, Sunday night, night baseball against the Yankees. Like this was normal. Um, I just think that, yeah, it's, it's going to take getting used to. The thing again, Clawson, that I agree with is it's the it's the in park experience that's really gonna I think suffer from this, and and that stinks. That stinks. I agree with that as well. Um, I think. I mean, I guess when I maybe when you think about it, think of, I guess you can think about it this way: over the long haul, these new stadiums that are getting built, they have bars, restaurants, shops all around them, right? So let's say that you have a game at you know seven p.m. And you're done at 9.45. You're, you're out of the park at 9.45. You now can go to the bar. You can get something to eat. Stores aren't closed yet. Like there is, there is something to say that it's more of a complete fan experience rather than just a baseball experience. You know what I mean? I mean, at the end of the day, we're not talking like it went from three hours to an hour and a half yeah yeah no i mean it's not a drastic enough change it's like 30 to 40 minutes which again is significant i think it it is significant but there were games that like i went to this summer where they were two and a half hours they were two hours 40 minutes like there there are quick games and we're talking about an average here there's still going to be games that are going to go three and a half and four hours yeah i think that those quick games had a lot to do with what pitchers were on the mound Exactly. I mean, we they're like Pavetta. He likes to work quick. Sale likes likes to work quick. I mean, the Red Sox last year, a lot of the guys that they had, um, kind of moved at a at a quicker quicker tempo. Like Bayo even and even moved pretty quick. But I mean, today there was a spring training game. I think it went two hours and four minutes. So there are also I I I, I you think we see a game under two minute two hours this year? Absolutely. I think it's a real a real good Absolutely. chance. I think you get Max Scherzer and Chris Sale on the mound and they both go 6-7 innings, you can you can push that in in under 2 hours. Yeah. I, and I mean well, I like I like one a lot ball, of those... like you know what I mean like 1-0 ball game, someone pims a home run. Yeah. Yeah. I mean it's it. going to be quicker. It's just going to take adjusting. That's the biggest thing. It, it's just been kind of a weird. It's it's a big change. Let's be honest. It's it's a big change. Well, I I'll ask you guys this. I just thought of this. I think that there's ways that you can have a pitch clock and kind of revamp the rule. I'm not saying it's going to be better or worse. And I think that uh, I want to hear what your opinion on this idea would be. So say that instead of the balls and strikes thing, you run a a batter. It's a warning system for both the batter and the pitcher, say. Uh, if there's nobody on, right, and the pitcher get violates the pitch clock two times, then the batter's automatically awarded first base. Right. If it's the batter, then they're automatically given an out and they have to go back to the dugout. If there's a runner on 
while the pitcher violates it, they move over one one base like a buck. And that would make it so that the individuals that are violating the rules are in a way more directly impacting the entire team instead of just themselves at the plate or on the mound. So that might incentivize them also to be like, I got to do this because I'm not just taking one strike on my account. I'm going to be, I'm going to be given an out for my team. I guess to play devil's advocate, if you're someone like Manny Machado, who's saying that you're going to go into every at bat down 0 and 1, you're not going to do that for very long. You're, you're going to find that your average is lower. Like got being down a strike, walking into the box is a huge disadvantage to almost every hitter in baseball minus maybe six. So I, mean, I don't it's think advantage they, to everybody, regardless of whether or not they're good at handling it. Right. It's still definitely a disadvantage. But the guys that, you know, if, if every batter went into an at bat down 0 and 1, there's only about five or six hitters in baseball that will not really see that large of a difference in in their numbers and in, in their on base percentage. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think like comparatively to the rest of the league, they they will suffer less for sure. But I think that the difference would still be pretty significant. It's really hard to work behind an account like you're exactly you're right yeah so my my devil's advocate argument would be keep it simple and tr- instead of making instead of adjusting the rules for only the best players in baseball this is a super picky super super picky thing to get out to with this but coming from a guy who likes stats has always kind of found that stuff interesting thing that b- also bugs me about this is like h- how does this so does the pitch count, like that, just doesn't go up. Like, it's fair. That's like, a good how point. does that work? Like, pitchers are just throwing like less pitches a game. Like, does it count? Oh, he didn't throw a pitch, but is that a strike? Is it like a new category, like automatic strikes? Like, it's just kind of weird. Yeah, like an actual strikeout compared to a strikeout that is awarded via the rule. Right. Is like, definitely is definitely different. Is that awarded to the pitcher? Is that just like, I don't know. Uh, you have to like, give it to the pitcher still. Right. I know, but it's just like there are going to be weird little quirks with this now that in a 100... 20 strikeout game, a little bit more realistic. <laughs> I don't I'm not know how it's much happen, more, but like I'm just saying it's going to be more, again, I, it's going to uh, be easier. A Greg, right. like a Maddox, like yeah. a complete game under what is it, 100 pitches? That definitely yeah. seems and, more reasonable. And again, I, I'm curious to see once we get through, because again, I think spring training, a lot of these guys are going to be getting you know used to these rules. I'm curious, once we get through, let's say a month of the season, what's the average of violations we have a game? Is it just going to be you know one, two? Is it going to be six or seven? Because again, I, I think that's going to be an interesting thing to watch. And I don't know if you guys saw this. Um, Ryan Fitzgerald, who's, uh, he played, I think, most of the year last year in Worcester, a little bit of double A too. Um, he's one of the Red Sox uh, prospects. He was saying that, you know, they used the pitch clock in the minors the last year, maybe even the last couple of years, and saying that how the MLB has enforced it so far in spring training has been a lot more strict. And he was like, it just seems quicker than what they've been used to in the minors. So I thought that was an interesting, uh, interesting take too. How about how about you look at something like uh the play clock in the NFL, right? Even when it hits zero, there is a lot of time leeway given if they get the snap off a second or two after the pitch clock or the snap count hits zero. But that has not how they've been calling it so far, which I think is fine. If you're going to do it, be hard about it. It's like, do you need to be in the box? Do you need to be making a move towards the box? Yeah. I don't know. It's... Again, it's gonna get taken, getting taken used to. Like, it, it's not just a Red Sox thing; it's a league-wide thing. Um, it's just weird. It's weird. To, like, we we've heard about this and talked about this for years on the show. Now, I mean, even be- before we had the show, this was like a thing that that's been talked about for a long time. So, it, it is kind of weird to kind of see it see it in place now. Yeah, I mean, segueing off this, unless anybody else has something they want to add. Uh, we talked a lot about Manny Machado just now. It got an egregious extension that I think <laughs> makes absolutely no sense. From uh, if you're the Padres, wh- why? What, what why the, do you? Can we can we talk about real quick what what the Padres are doing right now? Because three guys go- over 280 
total value on their contract and Juan Soto is not received an extension yet. That's what I was going to say is you go out and you sign Xander Bogarts who who's, you know, I'm not going to talk bad about him because he's, he's elite. Our, yeah. He, he's been really, really good. Was he worth 280 million? Yeah. No, no, he wasn't. Let's be honest. Not, Depends not who that you are. What? Depends who you are. Yeah. Well, if you're uh, whoever the, Padres GM is, is it Preller or is he the Dodgers? I was I could not tell you. I have no idea. Uh, yeah, EJ Preller. Are we talking about Padres GM, AJ Preller. Um yep. I guess I guess it's worth it for him. Then they go out and they sign you Darvish to a contract extension. I think through his year 42 season. Interesting move. Um then I don't even I don't even know if this was official last week. If it was, I don't think we talked about it. Michael Waka. Sends a four-year deal with the Padres. Four years. We're talking about a guy who's had arm problems the last couple of years. Had a great year last year with the Red Sox. They were tentative to bring him back on a one-year deal or like a two-year deal, let alone a one-year deal. Padres go out, give him four years. That'll be through his like year 35 season or age 35 season. And then, yeah, Steve, you, you hit the nail on the head with Soto. One of the, the best players in the league. He's going to be hitting free agency at one of the like youngest ages we've seen in major league history like 26 years old he is probably going to get a half billion dollar contract i I mean again i'm not a padres fan like i don't know if they're going to give that out or not but i if the padres i don't know if the padres are paying him it's 14 years 500 million yeah and i i saw a report uh yesterday too that they're loading up to make a run at shohei too next offseason it's got to be I one see. or the other. What is up? What is up with their luxury tax? I don't. I don't, I don't know. Right. I mean, it, it's it's. Well, the thing is, is like, it's Tatis, it's Machado, it's actually no, it's a lot of guys. Like they're paying a lot of money. It kind of does fall off a table after that the top heavy group. But what's Musgrove's? Uh, yeah, I was say Mus- Musgrove's probably making a lot. Like Snell is like making 100, a hundred, I think. Um. Yeah. Let's I mean, again, looks like. just. Uh, I don't know. I, I, the Padres are starting to kind of just kind of be annoying. They're not good enough. They got hated with too, how much money they spend. God damn. Drew Pomeranz is making $10 million for this team. The woo. <laughs> I don't Still think he pitched around. last year. He was hurt the whole year. So it looks like their projected payroll for 23 is $220 million. Which actually, when you put it into perspective, is not that much. How what what do you know what the, that ranking is? Uh, I can look, but I remember the Sox in 2018 had like 218 million. Yeah, I mean that's like well, that's gonna put you towards the top, but it's not. Like Manny's that. AAV didn't go up that much, did it? I don't know. Uh, it will once this kicks in, and like I think it kicks in after this year. Go up significantly. Nope. Mm-hmm. All right, so here we go. They're fourth. Mets are at three thirty-six. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. Yankees two sixty-seven, Phillies two thirty-one, and then Padres two twenty. Dodgers are right behind them at two seventeen. The Red Sox down at fourteen, baby. Poor poverty franchise. Whatever. The Rockies Whatever. are almost paying as much. Yeah. Who are the, the Sox? The Rockies are still paying Arenado that full contract, and they were like, "Just yes. walk." Well, yeah. How much is how much is Judge getting paid? Forty-five. Not that much, I don't think. Is it more than forty? Uh, he's getting forty on the nose. The Oakland Athletics payroll is a whopping forty million dollars. Yeah, um, they're making. Who, who's they're the, paying an entire roster? The same May, as the Yankees. I uh, I think it was Jared I saw on social media. They were doing a like a clip. I forget what show it was, but like. It was how many how many A's players can you name? Um, and, right now? Uh, I'm not saying I don't want to play this game, but I mean, just like looking down their roster, I'm like, yeah, this guy's kind of washed, forgot about this guy, never heard of this guy. Uh, what, a, what a sad demise of the A's. They actually had a good roster like two to three years ago. They weren't bad. Weren't bad. Anyway, Steve, I know you got you to gotta dip out of here in like 10, 10 or so minutes, but I want to I talk a little socks here. First couple spring training games. Anybody who's really stood out to you thus far? I know it's early. I know it's spring training. It's like eh, whatever. But I'm, I'm kind of like stood the look out. Of I wouldn't say stood out. Like I'm liking the look of this team. I'm liking the look of it. 
I'm liking the vibes. This team's angry. The angry socks. Are they angry? Yeah, the, yeah I, I think they are. I mean, who's angry? Uh, Chris Sale is angry. I know that for a fact. Chris Sale's mad at the world, bro, and he has been since he was born. I said this last week, and I'm going to stick to it. There are a lot, a lot of guys here who are not only playing to to prove something in Boston. They're playing to prove that they deserve another contract, not only with the Red Sox in the league next year, to prove that they still belong in the majors next year. Brother. I know what you're going to say, Steve. Sox are angry. It's Chris Sale. Chris Sale came out of the womb with a 45-degree arm angle and a grimace on his face. Like, (laughs) he's been mad forever. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I saw some reporter say... Forget who it was. He was he wrote an article basically like, oh yeah, Chris Sale hasn't lived up to expectations. Blah 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 blah. Like, but yeah, obviously he hasn't. He's gotten hurt. He's been completely injury prone since 2018. It stunk. I, I I saw Chris Sale made a comment about that, and he he was he was pissed off about it. He's like, I am he he is ready to prove himself this year. I mean, a, a pissed off Chris Sale. He's not going to be like 2017, 2018 Chris Sale, but. I'm excited. I'm excited to see him back out there. I'm curious about how the Sox are actually going to be in games that matter for sure. I am. I will say I, I, the vibe so far from the team this year, and there have been a lot of kind of rumors and speculations. We didn't talk about this. This came out this week too, about how kind of the clubhouse culture last year, apparently not great. Apparently not great. I don't know. With Bogarts, JD, uh, Avaldi, Vasquez. I mean, you saw the uproar over when Ploiecki got traded. In that was like there was like a month left in the season. That that was weird. That was weird. I mean, the whole team last year. You have people coming out now saying that, you know, a lot of the the veterans and leaders didn't like Tristan Casas because uh, he was sunbathing and doing weird stuff before the game, taking naps in the clubhouse. Exactly. Like. First of all, no guy who's ever been weird has been bad at baseball. That's just never happened. Uh, Lars Anderson. Oh, hold on. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna take a pause on that taking a nap on the clubhouse. Uh no free ads. Jordan's furniture has their own sleep lab in the clubhouse at Fenway. Hanley Ramirez used to sleep like eighteen hours a day when he was there. I think yeah. it's different. I, I think it's just like, oh, he's he's a rookie. Hanley's a vet, you know. He, he can sleep. No, no, I no. Guess according, according, yeah, according to Jared on his pod, another another plug for the guy, um, he said that that's how it's always been in the Red Sox clubhouse, regardless of who you are. And there'd be veterans waking up other veterans with buckets of ice water. And so it's not, it wasn't a rookie thing. Uh, so, allegedly. so guys just never grow out of that? Like that's just, you know. Yeah, I guess the culture is don't yeah. take a nap in a specific that, see that's place been a culture club. since like i've been 10 years old if you put their fall, hand in a they put their hand in a warm bowl of water too <laughs> you, do, you do the thing where you put the shaving cream in their hand put the little feather over the nose it's a classic classic i don't know i'm just saying we've kind of been in this weird little turmoil since the end of 2019 where 2018 the team was an absolute freaking wagon obviously everybody knows that end of 2019 Season did not go to plan. And, you know, then the Mookie Betts trade happens. You lose David Price to 2020 rolls along, rolls along. It was just an awful season. You know, after that, um, who was it? Yeah, Bradley. Yeah, Bradley's gone after that. Benny's gone. Uh, Weird season. And then you got the whole Devers contract situation. It's kind of been like a weird turmoil of like who from the 2018 season is sticking around, who's leaving, when can we build this next core? And now it's been five years, which is crazy to say since since that year. But with Devers locked up, we know that. There's really not a lot of, like, besides the outsiders, there are still so many people negative on this team. I'm not going to call out anybody. But a lot of people negative about this team. Again, I just think it's going to be th- this team, and I have said this before, and I'm going to stick to this take. They remind me of the 2013 Boston Red Sox. I hate you, 
I don't know. I'm gonna about that one. Awesome. You said you wanted to come in with some positive takes today. Back me yeah, up. Yeah, I back listened. Me up, back I, me up. Yeah, we're we're gonna complete the trifecta with another plug for our good friend Jared. I listened to uh, his second most would, recent you episode. You would think Jared like no one listens to his show. Yeah, no. It's <laughs> like he's got a gun to our head. Hey, say hey, plug my show. Uh, no, his second most recent episode. Positive vibes. I had to give it a listen. I had to see what they were gonna say. I needed someone to be positive. Um, all those bastards out there aren't being positive enough. Um, but uh, come on, dude, you can't say that. We're not established. No, we're not. We're the most beloved. Thought. What was I going to say? Most beloved oh, on all right. established podcast. All right. Well, if we're looking at this team, there's a lot of ifs, and I think if a lot of things go right, then this team is looking at a wild card team. If as many things go wrong last year or this year as did last year, then this team is like bottom five in the league. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. It can't. It can't possibly get as bad as it did last year. I'm just saying Here's here are my criteria for ifs. If Chris Sale is healthy, this rotation can rival the rotation from last year. If the rotation be- was not better that great than, last year. Better than huh? last year. It'll be better than last year. I'm saying if was if Chris bad. Sale is healthy, yep, and the rotation stays healthy, then I think it could rival last year's rotation. Last, rot- I think last year's rotation was awful. It was awful last year. It had its bright spots. Who? Yeah, Michael Waka. One. Waka. Avaldi <laughs> wasn't bad. Avaldi was like out for a third of the year. A lot of the year. Moving on, I think <laughs> if the guys that need to take a step forward, cough, cough. Alex Verdugo, if he steps forward and makes a decent jump into being a solid everyday player, then I think that makes a big difference. Yoshida, the same thing. If he shows up and just starts pooping his pants in the outfield, then we're not gonna. That's that's not what you need out of your everyday outfielder. But if he I'd shows say, up, and, I'd say not. I'd say <laughs> not. <laughs> not great. But if he's whacking balls into right and he's playing solid defense, which I've heard. His defense is not as bad as the scouting reports say. That's what I've heard. I don't know. I, like the here's the thing. The thing I love about this team, I love the versatility this team has. You can move guys kind of all around. A guy who has completely flown under the radar. I think he's got two doubles. I know he's got a home run so far this spring. Bobby Dahlbeck has completely. Mm. I think Heim like I think Heim like forgot to trade him or something. Bobby Dahlbeck has crazy spring training he is numbers. Good spring training player. He's, good He's an excellent training spring training player. True. No, I, I do know that. I do think, I do think that this is the first season since 2020, or yeah, 2020, that Bobby Dahlbeck has not had the expectation of being the team's starting first baseman. And I think if you put Bobby in a more reduced role, kind of let him ease into it. You let him hit. He's our starting first baseman against left-handed pitchers. You can DH him. You could even throw him in at shortstop a little bit. You could throw him in at third. It's not about shortstop. Steve, come on. Put him at second. Shortstop. I would love Bobby I barely at know about second. I definitely don't know about shortstop. I would short love a little to bit see Bobby year. at second. I'm just saying, like, you can kind of slot Bobby in a little bit. You can get a little weird with it. Guys in a day off. Like, Deverseen's a day off. Turner can play third. Like, I like the kind of versatility here. I, again, I like the vibes of this team. They bring in, you know, Duran and Verdugo bringing the mariachi band this morning. Um, you know, they're all having fun with that. Like funny vibes. The team just seems a lot looser, which which I like so far. Which I like. I think they just. I think they need to get weird. I think you have Rafi who can lead this team on the field. I think he's get. I think we talked about this earlier when he signed about him being a leader. I don't know that he's necessarily a clubhouse character leader. He's not going to go bring in a mariachi band, but I think that he's a on the field leader and he's going to keep the team together on the field. He's a, he's a great on the field representation of leadership. He's got to lead by example, man. Exactly. He's a great leader by example at the plate. He's getting better on defense. The fact that he's improved as much as he has is promising, but He's not going to be loud. He's not going to be getting cornrows, bringing midgets into the locker room like Pedro and Poppy did 15 years ago. That's that's not who he is. I, I just I like the comp- I like the composition of this team right now. I like the way they they're built. 
Dare I say, 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 and I'm not saying this because we're a new show and I'm obligated to say this. Dare I say Heim Bloom did not do an awful job this offseason. He and did. is receiving too much he hate. He did. Mm-hmm. He did not. That's too far. That's there, too far. There is a reason he, why. He did an awful job, sing- Clausen. There's a there's a reason why every single media outlet in America has graded the Red Sox no higher than a C plus this offseason. Steve. They got talent wise, this team has gotten worse on paper. Their bullpen got better. We we already, give did, you that. The, we did, we already better. did this whole exercise. But in terms of on the field talent, they have gotten worse. Whether they can pull it together. Last year was an anomaly. They had so many injuries. The clubhouse wasn't good. If they can stay healthy, and if the culture is better, I could see improvement. Steve Brady yes, raised his hand. Steve, you have talking privileges now. Thank you, Gardner. Uh, this is going to be my closing out the uh, ninth thought. It's going to come a little early today as I am um, leaving the episode after this. I think Heim did a bad job after or after all things considered. Yeah, Heim did a, 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 C, a C job. He got a C from me. It's a pass. And I would also say that this team, this roster, at least the position players personify the good old saying, a jack of all trades is a master of none. Because you can put a lot of guys in a lot of different spots, but none of those guys are really that great at any of them. Um, Steve, real quick before you go, it was it was good to see you this weekend. Oh yeah, it was it was good 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 to be there. Good time. Um, not not Clausen. Didn't see Clausen, unfortunately. Nope, unfortunately, Clawson. not. Yeah, the priorities were were. Oh, if only you guys could have seen me and Gardner. Oh man, we the had listeners. Steve and I had a time this weekend. Had a time. Sure. Great time. We 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 made the listeners proud this weekend. I did say this. Um, we had uh, we at the time consumed uh, a few adult beverages and came up with the idea that we're gonna at some point just do a five hour podcast. Yeah, five hour show coming soon. I right. yeah. bye guys. Bye, Steve. Steve Brady, everybody. Steve, love love that kid. Love that kid. Austin, you, 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 you dropped the ball this weekend. Yeah, prior commitments. I I understand. It's part of life. It Can't is. win them all. Nope, nope. Um. Anyways, you got anything else on the uh, the spring training socks? I mean, here's the thing with spring training. It's gonna we're we're gonna have a lot of talks like this. We've got probably like three more weeks until the season preview episode, which is one of my favorites. We get to really dive into things. It's going to be a lot of this, you know, little scuttlebutt. We'll be seeing guys get kind of, you know, dropped who are expected. The thing is, this will be kind of the last thing I say. There are a lot of a lot of guys. I was kind of like charting out the roster today. There are a lot of guys kind of like Tapia, Duran. Duran's had a good spring so far. He looks to have gotten a little bigger. A lot of guys kind of like that, Alfaro, who are going to compete for roster spots. Ref Snyder, just aren't enough spaces, so. I'm curious to see who who kind of makes the final cut for this roster. Yeah, I think this will segue into my my uh, my final thoughts so far over the last three games. But the outfield, I'm curious to see how it pans out, uh, where Duran ends up. I know that you have Duvall in center. He'll probably end up being your most of the time center starting center fielder. You know, Yoshida in left. We'll see how he ends up with defense on the wall. Uh, Verdugo in right. And then it's going to be that fourth and fifth outfielder that I'm curious to see. Who gets the roster spot? I wouldn't be surprised if they keep Duran and Worcester for a month, two months, wait until it warms up and and see how he's doing down there. If he's just smoking balls and making diving catches and ripping triples, then you have to bring him up. But if uh, if if he's struggling a little bit, then there's no sense in bringing him up. Which transitions into what I was going to say. I'm excited about the outfield, mm-hmm. I, particularly this, particularly Yoshida Duran and Verdugo because from the little I've seen from Yoshida, do you see the double he hit the other day? I did. Yeah. Jammed it and brought it to the wall. Yeah. The guy has a pop in his bat. He's sneaky. He's sneaky strong. He's sneaky he strong. He is. Um, the two guys too, who I, I think I want to say this now before spring you know, really starts flying two guys. I think are really going to fly under people's radars because when you kind of look at the roster right now, you look at there's a there's great outfield depth right now. I mean, you've got 
Yoshida, Verdugo, Duval. Those are like the starters. But then you've got another tier of like guys who started last year, like Ref Snyder, Duran, got Tapia in that mix. Um, you know, I'm trying to think of oh, they signed uh what's his name? Mookie Wilson back. Like there are a, a couple, like a lot of guys in the mix for the outfield. On the flip side, I mean, you can even throw Kika in there. On the flip side, on the infield, depth is is a little bit uh weaker, but two guys who I really think could stand out this spring. Uh, number one, David Hamilton. He was acquired in the Hunter Renfro trade to the Brewers. We got it was him, Bradley, Benellis, or it was the three of them. Uh, he's a shortstop, speedy guy. Uh, he had a pretty solid year for Portland last year. He hit 251, uh, 12 home runs, 740 OPS. I'm not going to say he like sneaks onto the opening day roster, but I could see, see him making a run at it. The other guy um, who really could make a run at things is Emmanuel Valdez, who is one of the guys we got in the uh, Christian Vasquez trade, second baseman. I mean, I, I know we talked about him at the end of last year in the minors. He lit it up in Worcester. Um, so those are two guys, you know, if Arroyo goes down, which we've seen happen, if Kike goes down, we've seen happen. If Dahlbeck goes down, not playing well, these might be two guys who, you know, a lot of people might not know their names, but but could slide up here. I can tell you I know nothing about any of those guys, but I will agree that infield depth is definitely my the biggest Achilles heel in my opinion because if any of these guys go down, I mean, Bob, you can kind of essentially put everywhere. He's that good of an athlete. Not that he's going to be good everywhere, but you can kind of put him everywhere. And outside of that, there aren't really many. I mean, you have Turner, I guess. Uh, so Turner and Dahlbeck, you kind of have as your backups. Turner, I like a lot in the corner. Um, he's probably going to DH most of the time, which is fair. Um, but outside of those two guys, if you're middle infield, one of those two guys gets hurt, then I think you're stuck with someone who, I mean, you have Mondesi, who oh, right. yeah. we have no idea <laughs> when too. he's going to be ready, but I'm not sure that I want to see him that much. And then I don't know who would back up Arroyo at second. Yeah, I mean, another guy who I think has a good shot at, again, like I don't really want to see, but we're talking about guys who have major league experience who the Red Sox picked up this offseason. Another guy is Nico Goodrum, who's uh, he spent time with Detroit, spent time with Houston last year. Uh, his last three seasons, he's played 148 games, uh, 14 home runs. 199 strikeouts, an OPS of 605, a 196 batting average. Like, I don't want to see him on the roster with numbers like that. I'm just saying he could be a guy you might see because he's got some major league experience. Maybe he comes up, and then they DFA him. I don't know, but those are some of the options because, yeah, the the minor league or the the infield depth is is probably kind of weak at this point with Story out and in Mondesi as well. I think once Story comes back, then I'm going to feel better about it because you can flex Kike wherever you want. But until he comes back, then I think it's going to be it's going to be their Achilles heel. If one guy goes down, two guys go down, then you're you're really hurting. I'm not uh, I'm not ready to bank on Story coming back at all this year. If I'm going to be completely honest, I have kind of just pushed him out of my mind. I, I would love for him to come back. I don't know. I, I will say I think it depends on how good this team is. If they're at the all-star break and they're not last, if they're competing for a wild card, then I think that's when you have to speed story up and get him ready by August so that you can make a late push in August and September into early October. But if this team is dead last in the division, just dead in the water, then there's no sense in rushing your – your superstar shortstop back. Yeah. I, I truly would not be surprised if we don't, if we don't see him this year. And quite honestly, I, the earliest I, I could see him coming back is August. The the max I see him playing is like 40, 50 games for the team this year. Yeah. So I don't, I don't really is. see him making, making much of a, uh, much of a long-term impact this season. Yeah. But they'll be, I mean, they're, they're, the, the great thing is, is this is kind of like the first week where we got stuff to talk about. Um, we're going to have more stuff to talk about, uh, coming up these, these next couple weeks and then the season preview episode, which will be, which will be great. But Klaus, I do have a question for you when, when kind of thinking about Trevor's story here is, 
you know, he's got the bum elbow. And, you know, I got to imagine that if he's trying to cook lunch, trying to cook dinner, that might be difficult. And if he wants to order groceries, you know, at the at the grocery store, they have a lot of great like pre-made food that you can order. Is there a way that he could like do that? Because theoretically, it, it's got to be it's got to be tough with his arm. Well, I'm going to guess that being a major league baseball player or someone who makes one hundred and forty million dollars over the next six years you either have a private chef or can hire a private chef but for the average joe like you and i if we had a bum shoulder like that i would order everything through instacart and if you don't know instacart is an online grocery delivery app that allows you to handpick a variety of fresh foods and products forget that ingredient you need to make your famous dish while you're watching the socks or you got a bum elbow like driver story and you can't afford a private chef or don't have the luxury of the red Sox culinary staff order it through instacart Delivery straight to your door in as fast as an hour. Shop multiple stores, see deals in your area that help you save money. Every item is hand-selected at the store to fit your most specific needs. They handle everything with care. I don't know what the offer is this week, but we're about to get some snow tomorrow. So if you're feeling like you're in the summer mood, spark your summer celebration a little bit early. Order through Instacart. Link in the show notes. Maybe. Help support Gone Bridge. Woo! Instacart. Never step foot in a grocery store again. Woo! Uh, we got some questions. Or we, we got some questions. Bring them on. Bring uh, them on. No need to whisper. Okay. We're going to go right into them. Uh, this week, they come in for Matt. I would like to point out before we get into questions with Matt, if anyone has other questions. <laughs> you're welcome to send them in. This, Matt Matt certainly has a stranglehold on this on this. Uh, well, he's got segment. his own segment. If anybody else wants to send in questions, that's the Ask on Bridge segment. This is the questions with Matt saying. That is a good way to put it. Send us some questions. Also, speaking of segments, Clausen, you had an idea, uh, you know, kind of the with this being our third season, trying to get a little more creative, trying to come up with new segments. You had a great idea for a new segment uh, coming up this year. People can look forward to kind of soon. Maybe look forward to Yahtzee of the Week. So far, oh. Jared, so far... Do you Jared have a Yahtzee Duran? of the week, Jared? I mean, first of all, do thing? you want to do you want to explain what he, what the Yahtzee of the week even is? Yahtzee of the week is just going to be best homer of the week. If it's a pimp job, if it's a clutch homer, it it, it, it could be anything. It's just best home run of the week. We'll each give our we'll each give one, and then we'll just we'll call it in. It's like the Alex Cora impact player of the week. Yeah, I was going to say, for those of you who picked up the show over the offseason, one of our other favorite segments coming back soon is the Alex Cora impact player of the week. Um, either good or bad, just a guy who uh, had impact. We'll explain it more when the season gets wrong. We do that. We do make baseball fun. Might be bringing back Stevie Locks. we got a couple things in the works uh, with that, maybe. I think that's that would be a surefire way to uh, to lose any progress we're making. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll yeah. Yeah, we're, we're we're working on things. Um, anyways, Clausen. Uh, so far, Yahtzee of the week goes to Jaron Duran, who, by the way, has changed his batting stance, which is good to see. A little more, uh, a little more compact. Compact. I like that. I like that. Listen, we we've given him, we've given him his fair amount of uh of crap, which he has has somewhat deserved. I mean. When I think back to the Red Sox 2022 season, the moment that sticks out to me, maybe it's because I was at the game. It's the drop ball in the outfield for the Grand Slam. I mean, that was like that. That to me just summed up the 2022 season. And I, I do think that that is unfair to completely pin it on him. We saw Arroyo also drop a, a ball in the outfield uh, against the Yankees. That was not fun. He's still got great potential. He's got great speed. I would obviously anything that benefits the team. I'm going to be happy about just got to see it first, Jaron, because last year was not good. Kind of get it's like when when you're when you're dating a girl, right? Like you're kind of in this relationship. You meet her dad and you kind of get off with on the wrong foot with him. And you're like, crap, I got to fix this somehow or else this relationship is done. That's kind of how I feel with Duran is that. I kind of screwed things up with, or like you know, that that's kind of that's kind of the vibe I'm getting. Nice kid, but made a bad first impression. Yeah, exactly. Parents. Bad first yeah. impression. I I think he can save it. I really do. And I, like I'm, he he brought me. You know, it's like he brought brought the dad some beer. He's, he's trying to fix it. And he's, he's trying gonna hard. show up with a gonna show up with a pack of Keystone the next time he comes over and. <laughs> I 
good old Keystone. It'll be all right. New Hampshire's best. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, no, no free ads. Maybe no a handle ads. of Granite State Vodka with them. Oh, man. Granite State. New Hampshire's second best, man. Get on up here to, to New Hampshire. Cheapest uh, cheaper, cheapest liquor and beer in the, in the country. Anyways, questions with Matt. First one comes in from Matt. Uh, Matt's trying to get real personal here on this first one. He asks, uh, who was your first crush? Jennifer Aniston. Oh, we're going like celebrity route. All right, cool. I'll, I'm, I'm much cooler with that. Um, First crush. It's a great question. Realistically, it's probably like the first grade teacher. Yeah, I was the first grade teacher. Your first one, you're like seven. That's like your first exposure to women. I was going to say like a girl in my first or second grade class, not the teacher. I don't know. They got my they teachers got were like 70 years old class. They got like influence and power. <laughs> okay. That's a, that's a right. power couple if, if there ever was one in the first yeah, grade well, classroom. You were like nine years old or not even, not even. I, don't, I, I honestly don't really have a great answer for this. Jennifer Aniston's a great uh, a great answer. In fact, I just watched Friends for the first time. She's been doing it all for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Cheap. Yep. Cheap. Yeah. She's great yep. in that show. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I, I, I really don't have a good answer for this one. Because I'm not trying to like name drop someone who I had like, you know. A weird crush on in second or third grade and haven't talked to in 10 years so she just just so happens to be one of the four percent of women that listen to this show hey i think we're up to like 12 percent. if you're one of the ladies who I'll listens to gone bridge we appreciate you we so do. so much so, spread the so word much. yeah spread the word gone bridge gone bridge uh yeah loves women second questions comes in from matt he says if you could live in a movie which would it be the Sandlot is probably like the the first answer that comes to my mind. Yep, that's a that's a good one. But if we're going into the cartoon world, I think Wreck It Ralph would be super Ooh. fun. You just get Avatar. To li- Avatar would be sweet. That would be sweet. Speaking of Disney, have you been down to uh to the the Avatar Land they have there? I will not lie to you. I haven't been to Disney in probably fifteen years. Well, there you go. They have an Avatar land there. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Yeah, you get, they they got a you get painted blue before you go in there. Really? No, completely kidding. I was gonna say that seems like a lot of paint. <laughs> like um, yeah, it's like um, like the slime Nickelodeon. They just drop yeah. you under a blue slime. I don't know. Wreck It Ralph would be cool. That was a great movie until uh, until the game gets unplugged. Then then that wouldn't be too fun. You know what movie I heard about this weekend that I got to watch? Cocaine Bear? Uh, I did hear about that. I do got to watch that. But it's called Stuck on You. Mm. Uh, it's no. got Matt Damon in it. Oh, I feel like I saw a preview for this. It came out like a long time. It came out in 2003. Is this, um, is this where like the brother goes off to war or something and then no. the wife okay i'm thinking of um, movie. It, it takes place in martha's vineyard mm. and i think it's kind of on the same line as weekend at bernie's but awesome. it, uh, it's these two conjoined twins and one of them wants to become a famous actor and the whole movie is just them trying to get to martha's vineyard so one of them can get like a tryout or a gig or something mm. nice Nice. I don't know. I got to try. It's on HBO Max. I'll, I'll apps, take a look at it. But I, I do want to check it out. I don't watch movies. Like I just. I don't either. I, don't I, either. I really it's don't. The sa- it's the same thing with baseball. It it takes too much of my time. Yep. I do not want to sit down and kill three hours of my day. Here's the thing, too. Is the only time I'll watch it. One of my, my roommates, Chris, he, he likes Chris the Yankees fan. For those of yep. you who may know him like that. Um, he likes movies a lot. So, like, Saturday afternoon, if he's throwing one on, I'll, I'll maybe watch with him. But, like. I feel like a lot of the guys or the guys I live with, like sports are on all the time, been on like a little bit of a video game grind a little bit sometimes too. Like there's usually just not a movie on and I'm never coming up like we're, we're all hanging out together until we go to bed. I'm not coming up to my room to, to watch a movie before bed. Fair enough. Uh, final question comes comes in from Matt. He said, would you rather have 
Backwards knees or backwards elbows? I'm going to take backwards knees. Ooh. Okay. Well, that's what flamingos have, right? I think so, but you couldn't run too fast. I was going to take the elbows. Think about elbows, though. Like, you try and do anything, like, even, like, bench press. True. I mean, I, I guess I'd just do other exercises other than bench press. Yeah, I think you could do, like, it's weird like backwards move. push-ups. I don't know. I feel like moving your arms backwards then would be because now you can't see what you're doing behind you. It just overall True. seems inefficient. True. Um, we got a new Instagram story post from La Drama Queen, La Mickey, La Fraud, whatever you'd like to call him. I La heard Red he, uh, Sox owner. I heard he hurt a pop in his ankle. Yeah, he just posted a, a weird picture of his foot in a compression sock and said, this effing sucks. Prayers up. Hate to see a Red Sox owner go down like that. The first, gonna, <laughs> the first replies. Like... Shoot, the first reply is like the video of him against the Celtics when, when Tatum fouled him. And he's like throwing a tantrum. Yeah, never not be funny. Um, you think? Uh, you think they're gonna have to cut his foot off? They might, dude. They might. This sounds pretty serious. That? If he scored two points with one foot, would he be the first player to ever do that? Two points with one foot? Yeah. Probably. I can't think of anyone else in the NBA with a prosthetic or anything. Yeah. That would be that'd be interesting. That I, would be uh, something. Yeah. I got a nice little parlay down for the Celtics game tonight. Hopefully that's it. I, I, I got to say, I don't like the NBA. The only way it is tolerable is to bet on it. And it, it is, the, in my opinion, the easiest sport to bet on. I just don't even touch it. Let's see, one of my roommates, he's he's just the luckiest. Henry is the luckiest guy I, I, I ever met in my life. So I'll just kind of follow his bets. They usually hit. Fair enough. Um, I hit a little like, I think it was seven to win 37 last night, which was sweet. There you go. Oh, That's pretty good. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I haven't, I haven't made a bet since the Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, uh, I took money out of my uh, Selection Queens account for the first time ever, which was Pretty sweet. There you go. See it coming into my bank account rather than going out of it. There you go. Good man. Still down like, you know, 100, 200 bucks. But we're building back. Could be to worse. It. Building back to it. Anyways, I think this is about it. You got anything to close out the ninth? Uh, I invested in a weighted blanket. Ooh, okay. 20 pound weighted blanket. How much did that run you? Uh, it was on sale. Okay. On that Rainforest website. Oh, yeah. I know. Yeah. The one where they cut down all the trees? Yep. Nice. Yep. Um, changed my life. I've yep. never slept sounder. I've never felt more secure in bed. It's like you're getting like a warm hug every time you go to bed. <laughs> it was like the, the Fen- Fenway nachos, comparable uh, to a hug from your grandma. That was not the Fenway nachos that I referred to that as. That was that was the nickname we came or the catchphrase we came up for them. Oh yeah, Fenway nachos. you're talking about something something else. Oh no, helmet nachos are a whole different beast. Helmet nachos really are just the best, especially uh, when we got them. First of all, that that game was a mess. I don't think we got into our seats until the sixth or seventh inning. Well, yeah, because you bought like you bought like tickets from a fourth party vendor. Well, no, here's the thing. I I'm gonna I'm just gonna go at them because usually they're good and. Vivid Seats is usually a great site, and I, I, I excuse me, usually uh, when I buy tickets, nine times out of ten, it's through Vivid Seats. Uh, I think the problem was that we were trying to fly down to Florida. We purchased tickets to go to the game because our flight got canceled like 10 minutes before, and we got to Fenway for like the second or third inning. I just don't think the guy was expecting someone to buy them that late because they never came through. A very nice usher did let us into the game in like the fifth or sixth inning, and we got our money back. So we 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 got them for free. That is true. Yeah, we had one condition to get into the ballpark, and that was that we didn't get kicked out, <laughs> and we didn't get kicked out. We didn't get kicked out. Didn't get kicked out. You think in your lifetime you'll ever get kicked out of Fenway Park? No, but I could see a scenario where I do, where like the people in the row in front of me, like start a fist fight. Yeah. And I try and like pull it apart or like, I just get tangled up. Oh, you're just too good of a guy. And they mix you in. Like, you know, so they, they knock my beer over and then I, you know, it looks like I spilled my beer mm. and then I get punched and then 
I start punching and then like I get kicked out. Yeah. I feel like we've kind of passed. I feel like once, once you turn 21, that's kind of like the, the, the like 18 to 21 is probably the easiest point to get thrown out. Cause a lot of people are, are using fake IDs. Um, They've gotten super strict about that at Fenway. Well, they can't be having underage kids walking around with beer. No, that's against the law. Fun fact. It is against the law. John Henry hates that. Hates John Henry, I, I hate the law. that. I hate that too. John Henry pro laws. Big pro law guy. Big pro law. I uh, yeah. I might. That's why I'd they don't act- sell. That's why they don't sell white claws at, at no free ads. That's why they don't sell white claws at Fenway because there are no laws when you're drinking claws. Black hooks. Huh? Black hooks. Same same thing. We already we already blew it okay, out. Okay, fair. There are no laws, so that's why John Henry is drinking claws. <laughs> he he despises those. No laws. There are plenty of laws with Sam Adams. It's because it's like a whole patriot thing. They in fact when they they were no free ads when they were signing the Declaration of Independence, they had a a Sam Adams a summer ale in his in John Adams' right hand. And he said, let it be known, Sam Adams is the beer of the law. There are so many laws that come with Trulies that they gave them their own terrace. <laughs> that, that's right. They lock you up there. If you got a truly in your hand, I mean, no free ads uh, that you just get, get locked up. Also, real quick, my computer is about to die here, so we should probably wrap this up. I think I saw, are they renaming the, what is it? Is it the Bud? No. Is it yeah the Sam Adams deck to the Coke deck now? The Coke deck? I think I saw that. That might be the big change now. So you got the Mass Mutual instead of John Hancock. The Coca-Cola. Let me paraphrase yeah, that. The Coca-Cola I was going to say. Uh, instead of instead of the Sam Adams deck, which was formerly the Budweiser deck. I will miss the Budweiser deck. I am a Budweiser guy myself. Bud heavy. Anyway, we, we've dropped enough free ads here. Uh, my closing out the ninth. Uh, Devils got t- Timu Meyer. If you're a hockey fan, you know me. Uh, I'm a Devils fan. Pretty pumped about that. I want to see a Bruins Devils Eastern Conference Finals. Give it to me. Um, I don't know the guy's Bruins. name. Uh, I kind of forget it. It's a uh, foreign name, but uh, Bruins goalie. No, oh, got a goal the other day. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, shout out Jack Edwards for an awful call. Come on, UNH alum. Was he really? Yeah. yeah, he was just like way too excited about it, dude. That was the first goalie goal in Bruins history. I, I put out. He a, was making. I don't know. It just sounded like he was making it about him. Tyler Murray would have gotten the better call. True. Big, big pro Tyler Murray, Murray pod here. Huge pro Love Tyler him. Murray guy. Love to. Uh, <clears throat> he'll get, he'll get the big someday. He will. Anyways, <clears throat> speaking of announcing, I was going to say, been loving Mike Monaco on the broadcast uh, so far. I think he does a phenomenal job. I saw Dave O'Brien was doing uh, ACC women's or men's hoops the other day. So really I don't like that. My- Monaco has been getting his, his uh, kind of slide in there. Anyways, if you enjoyed what you listened to, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Gombridge Podcast and Twitter at Gombridge. Don't forget to subscribe to our episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. Stitcher. There you go. And we will be back next week with episode 119. See ya!